This episode is brought to you by Seed. Probiotics are most effective when they make it to your colon, alive. That's why Seed developed a patented two-in-one capsule that safeguards viability of its DSO-1 daily symbiotic through digestion to deliver the maximum dose to your colon. No refrigeration necessary. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. What do you call a cat who drives a taxi? A tabby cabby. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Your show was better when you had medical questions. Hey! I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve! It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve, with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medicine provider, gives me street cred. The wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And also in the studio, we have uh, DNP Carissa. Hello, Carissa. How are you today? Hello, Dr. Steve. And I have somebody I'm calling me. And uh, we won't be uh, talking to them right now. Uh, it was Dan McCabe, by the way, our buddy Dan McCabe, who's been on the show before. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, now he's got me all messed up. Thanks a lot, Dan. This is a show for people who never listen to a radio show about medicine. On the radio or the internet, if you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to a regular medical provider, we can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-Poohhead. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at drscottwm. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news, stuff, news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your med- medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking to your doctor, nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, respiratory therapist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right. Don't forget to check out stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com where you can buy all kinds of cool crap. Uh, and you can just scroll down and see all the stuff we talk about on the show. Or you can click through to Amazon. And when you do that, it really helps keep us on the air. 
Uh, check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net, and we'll talk more about what you've got planned for that in a second, Dr. Scott. And uh, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. Uh, it's Tacey and I are doing that together. For those who miss Tacey, and we're also going to have some uh, celebrity guests and, and some live streams and other stuff over there that you will only be able to get at patreon.com slash weird medicine so our plan is to have uh pa lydia and dj mel b and whatever your radio name is have a uh, super c dnp carissa <laughs> have a super c you know you're a dnp right well anyway we're gonna have you guys rotating as third mic um you are a dnp right so yes. what is what is that a doctor of nursing practice Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> So we should be calling you Dr. Carissa then, right? Yeah. So why don't you guys, okay, so you did your nursing thing, right? Mm -hmm. And were you a nurse before you went to NP school? I was for okay. six years. All right. And then uh, you went to nurse practitioner school, yes. got your NP, and then at some point you got your doctorate, right? I mean, that's what that is, right? Well, actually, I went straight through from BSN to DNP. Oh, you did? You, okay, so you went straight through. I did. And uh, so what's the difference between being a nurse practitioner and a, you know, an NP and a DNP? Um, you, better, you better have a good answer to that. I mean, right. <laughs> it, a lot of research. Uh, more years of school, More I'm years sure. of school. Really? So how much? How many more? Um, so it was three years total for me to do my DMP from BSN. Okay. However, the hours were, I want to say 100 more hours at least in clinicals. Yeah. So. Okay, so you did more clinicals. And mm -hmm. then you said you had to do some research, too. Did you have to... Did you have to publish a paper or do a dissertation or something yeah they call it a capstone project there um it's not a dissertation however it is a research paper that goes through all the processes and then a project that goes along with that okay so why do this um, why would anybody go through all of this to all of this torture i mean you don't torture. call yourself doctor so you don't get that out of it um you're getting are you getting paid more no. Okay, so then... Some people do. So why? I wanted to do it personally for the research. I saw a lack of identifying caregivers in the nursing realm. Uh-huh. So I went back to school and developed an entire protocol on how to identify caregivers of elderly people. Oh, yeah. Is anybody using that? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Nothing you lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> so, well, but still, I'm sure it was very um, fulfilling for you. Yes. Okay, well, that's all that matters. My chair is still using my paper for future students. Well, no, that's something. Okay. I also didn't follow up on it, so. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I haven't followed up on anything in my life, so... <laughs> Check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. Simplyherbals.net. We haven't plugged plugged that in a while. No. So anything on there? You've got. Oh, wait a minute. Working on a. Hey, I. I so I, um, Carissa, I have uh, ADHD, and I just saw a shiny object. Uh, Dr. Scott's got something new. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, you know, bouncing from one topic to the other. Tell us about this thing. This is something exciting. I'm very interested. Did you bring me some? 
I was looking in my bag. I think you son of a I bitch. <laughs> you son I've of a bitch. I had the longest damn day. You I, said I, I have. I literally, I literally. But what I'm going to do? You give me the respect that I'm entitled to. <laughs> it will be here this afternoon. <clears throat> I literally ran out of my office. So I well I, tell I, everybody what it is. Yeah. So what it is? It's a, it's it's our original nasal spray, but now we've we've put um, CBD oil in there. And it's an X and it's so. How did you do that? When I, listen, I I was going to do something with double vasectomy turd, mm-hmm. where I wanted to put uh, Rogaine in a leave-in conditioner, and mm-hmm. he had a formula for a leave-in conditioner because he's a master barber mm-hmm. and he knows how to, he. They did some sort of crazy mixology shit in school where he learned how to make different shampoos and and lotions and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and I wanted to put. Um, Minoxidil in it, mm-hmm. and then sell it. You know, as Doctor Steve's hair restorative or something. You know, call it you know under the snake oil uh, label or something. And I was told I couldn't do that because they had to be separate. They said we could sell the Rogaine separate and have people put it in mm-hmm. if they wanted to, or just do it. And it's like, well, hell, they can just go buy Rogaine. Mm-hmm. You know, why would I do that? And and buy conditioner. So how how were you able to just throw CBD in there? I don't know why he uh, is is maybe I mean is monoxidil o- a prescription medicine? No, but it's a it's OTC. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. Yeah, who told him he, he couldn't do that? No, they told me that. So and you know if they told him that and he told me that, I wouldn't necessarily believe it. But yeah. I mean, I was the one that was pursuing that. And they said they couldn't do it because of some FDA stuff, and that if you took an OTC medication you couldn't just arbitrarily mix it with something else and then sell it mm-hmm. as something else i've never run into that never run into that i can because because i can actually because all your stuff is just you know bullshit yeah. it's a, <laughs> hey it's a supplement dr steve it's a supplement, okay. it's a supplement. but you know what there was a research a couple of weeks ago about cbd oil um, blocking the receptor sites for covid covid19 in vitro. In vitro, right. That means in the test tube, everybody. Right. And I and I have been crystal clear saying I'm there's not been any scientific proof. Right. Um but but what we do know is it well, What's another route for you to get C B D into your body? Yep. So and where are you getting the, the pharmaceutical grade C B D from? It's a it's an organic C B D oil company. So, so are I, they pressing it or are they extracting it? What are they doing? Pressing. They're pressing. Yep. Okay. Yep. So they're pressing it from hemp. Yep. And then somehow they're, you know, purifying it by yeah. some method. Some method. Presumably and not. Sell it to me for a whole bunch of Liquid chromatography. <laughs> no, no liquid chromatography. Um, and, and when they sell it to me, of course, it's at a, at a much higher price. Yeah, of course. Yeah, now, have you, sent it, have you sent the CBD off independently to make sure it doesn't exceed the 0.3% THC in it? No. Okay, I... I yeah. would do that. Yeah, yeah. Spend the extra money just to make absolutely sure, mm-hmm. because the mm-hmm. last thing you want is for somebody to say, you know, you son of a bitch, mm-hmm. I got fired because mm-hmm. I, you know, there was too much THC in my system. Yeah, or sure. to get your shit pulled off the shelves by the FDA sure. because they'll do that too. Yeah. Well, and we're not there yet. And, and I'm not saying I don't yeah. trust these people, no, 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 but no, I don't no, trust no, these people. No, no, I'm the same way. I'm the same way, Dr. <laughs> Steve. No, I'm the same way. There, there's, there are a lot of steps to go through, and, and certainly I've been down this road with my simpler herbal stuff too, and making sure that that we go. You know, it has to be if if 
produced in you know right. FDA f- approved facilities. You can't. But make you can't any get fired for peppermint oil, negative. which is what you had in your that, uh, nasal exactly spray, right. which made it awesome, by yep. the way. Yeah, it's the peppermint oil. Peppermint oil is a nat- uh, natural anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Um, CBD oil blocks the receptor sites for the COVID. So. One would hypothesize. In vitro. Right. Let's one make one, that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I'm not, I'm not making any statements that, we, that we're keeping people from getting COVID. But by, by, by spraying it in your nose, because the, the peppermint oil is an anti-inflammatory. Yeah. And, 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 and other research papers, and, and I've got them all yeah, yeah. Ready, ready for the website when we put it up, um, uh, nasal steroids have been shown to, to help. Yeah. And they are, they are, they are <laughs> from, um, they are from, uh, what you call it? What's, what's the website like? Oh, yeah, PubMed, oh, that little okay. thing. Oh, yeah, and, um, good. <clears throat> and, um, but you know, the, the nasal sprays have been proven to, to re- reduce the transmission of COVID through the nasal passages. What? Through the nares, yeah. yeah what, the nasal, what nasal spray? What nasal, are you saying? No, nasal, uh, nasal steroid, like, um, like, oh, a, nasal like a flonase, like a flonase or a... Uh, or, um, to prevent transmission. Now, now that was that was a paper, and I've actually got it, Doctor Steve. Okay, it yeah, bring it up. I yeah. want to see it. Yeah, let me let me pull it up here. So you're talking about a steroid nasal spray? Yep. Now, and I do not have steroids in mine. mine you're right. Are, of mine course. are all supplements. Mm-hmm. A little bit of honey, a little bit of peppermint oil, a little bit of salt, a little bit of baking soda. So, well, it's a buffered saline. Yep. And um, mm. so let me let me look it up. I've got the. Uh, Mine, I put in steroid nasal spray transmission COVID. Said your search uh, received zero results. Oh hell, that's bullshit. You, you I must, know, you I'm, I'm mad. You typed it in the wrong. <laughs> Tells her wrong, Dave. <laughs> you, you, uh, your, your fingers. If, if you know what, if Carl, if Carl from WATP is hilarious. He says, "I love it when I get in people's head because every time I am doing research live, I'm like, oh shit, Carl's gonna give me hell for googling stuff." While I'm uh, on my show, potential role of xylitol plus grapefruit seed extract nasal spray solution in COVID-19, a case series. So well, case series is a collection of anecdotal evidence, but it's a, it's a start and it's, it's a, a place where you, yep. it's a place where you can say, is this worth doing a double blind placebo controlled studies? Uh, this is three patients. You're not going to get much out of that when you've got. What you know, one percent people getting severely ill from this. You're not going to get a whole lot with three patients. But what they did was they they uh, had rapid clinical improvement and shortened time to negativization on the repeat intranasal swab test. There you go. So I would say that you know they're just washing stuff out of their nose. But you know, exactly, that's interesting. Yep, and that's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do is is not only wash out but block the ability of of viruses to. If 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 it does work, and again, we're way way from from proving any of yeah. these things. Oral rinse with antimicrobial agents is efficacious in reducing viral load in oral fluids. Saline nasal irrigation can reduce viral load in the nasal cavities. This is from the International Journal of Immunopathologic Pharmacology, mm-hmm. and uh, so I mean that makes sense. Yeah. Well, so you, just getting people to just wash out their stupid just head, do it. Yeah, wash out your wash out your stupid head. All now, that crap. In next there. next week we're going to have Martin uh, Hoke from uh, Navaj on. How about that? Woo-hoo. How cool is that? The guy that invented the Navaj, and he's going to be on here. And what I'm hoping is we will have a Navaj all set up for DJ Mel B, and she was going to do it live on uh, the show. But what I'm concerned about is what if she does it live on the show and then she hates it and then we've got Martin on there 
So I'm thinking maybe we'll do her thing risk next reward, week. Big I know. Boy, risk <laughs> that's reward. true. That's true. <laughs> hey, so I, I I wonder when he's going to come up with a, a a navage for the for the colon, so we can do like our own at home colon cleanse. Ooh, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Miralax. Just take that. <laughs> anyway. All right. Yep. It's, no. uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah okay. Super so, great. All super right, great. buddy. Yeah. Well, good luck with that and bring me some. Yeah, I'll have, you, I'll have you a sample here soon. Uh, a couple of shows back, we had um, weird um, codes, ICD 10 codes. Did you bring any, Carissa? I couldn't remember if you were involved in that or not. I wasn't last time, but I do have one. Okay. You got one? Okay. Give it to us what the code actually is oh yeah 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 do you need to look it up and i'll give you these because i'm sort of putting you on the spot on that it's fine i have it okay it's sucked into jet engine subsequent encounter subsequent <laughs> how do you have a <laughs> that is awesome what's the code <laughs> sucked into jet oh engine oh my god subsequent Sub- encounter that means they got you sucked lived into the- through it right somehow you lived through it or oh. you were just visiting the s- blood spatter on the on the correct on, on the go oh, on the concrete god. that's a good one yeah I don't think I can beat that one. I mean, so you were sucked into a jet engine, survived, sucked in again, or? No, the subsequent encounter would be the second time you see them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there's an initial encounter where you just mop up, you know, liquid. And then the, I don't know why you would ever have a subsequent encounter for somebody that sucked into a jet engine. How bizarre is that? The patient was obviously Wolverine. God. Tough son of a bitch. Yeah, Wolverine. Tough son of a bitch. Tougher than I'll ever be. V97. Wolverine, so you're a nerd? I mean, did you not know this? Well, the, the audience. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and intervene. No. No, we're you not did going, not we're, we're not going down this road because <laughs> if you start letting him nerd out, you're going to see start people start falling asleep. Everything on me right now oh, is no. Star Wars. Let me see. My is shoes, it? my pants, my shirt. How is your shirt Star Wars? Oh, it's light side. The light side you are. I am. All right. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, we'll have to, when we, we have, um, we, matter of fact, okay, so Pete Davidson's a friend of mine, and I have a friend who, or two friends, who have a DC-themed podcast called DC On Screen. I'm going to give them a plug. Uh, Jason and David are, are two great guys. They've been on this show before. One of the most fun shows we did is, for me, Scott hated it, was when they came on and asked me um, comic book movie medical questions. Like they said, oh. could... Uh, you watch any DC stuff at all? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in... In uh, The Dark Knight Rises, would it be possible for a chiropractor to crack uh, Bruce Wayne's back so that a spoiler alert so that he could climb out of the pit and come back to Gotham City to defeat Bane? You remember that scene? Yeah. It was a little ridiculous, except I said, I think that he could have because I don't think that Bane broke his back. I think that Bruce Wayne had a conversion reaction. So, when I've had people with conversion reactions <laughs> before, shut up, Scott. Just let me talk <laughs> for one minute. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about conversion reactions. No, no, Is that's that okay. Re- no, that's you? real. Yeah, that's okay. real. That's so real. anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> did the Wolverine have a conversion? No, it wasn't Wolverine. It was fucking Batman. <laughs> oh, so, oh, sorry. So um, I've had people with conversion reaction before. I remember a million years ago in medical school having this girl that that couldn't walk. 
And one of the techniques that we used, we said sometimes people just get better on their own because they were get and they were getting ready to threaten with a whole bunch of like lumbar punctures and all this stuff. We said sometimes it just happens. People just get better. And the next day we walked in, she was running around. Yeah, well, I just just got better. So we gave her a reason to get better. And so my theory to them was, although yeah, a, a pit based chiropractor <laughs> who was just cracking on his back probably wouldn't have fixed a you know a spinal fracture but he absolutely could have fixed a conversion reaction so anyway Fair. um so pete's a friend of mine and he actually uh sort of kind of went on their show and uh, did an interview with them and why am I telling this? Story? Oh, because I'm a nerd. Yeah. So anyway, so we're uh, actually hoping, and I haven't asked him yet, but hoping to have him on the Patreon show. So check out our Patreon show, patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. And uh, we do sort of some stuff that we can't really do over here, uh, mainly drop lots more F-bombs and stuff because it's behind a paywall. But all right. Anyway, uh, so good to know you're a nerd. Excellent. Yes. So Star Wars. Disney, DC, obviously. Mm-hmm. What else? Video games. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Such as? Zelda's my number one. Okay. I defeated the first one. I haven't. I've defeated all of them. The Ocarina of Time um, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You defeated that? Yes. You went through all those friggin' dungeons and stuff? All of it. Oh, my God. Did you map them out as you went? Yes. To get and through? You I have beat, to, right? I've beat every one of them on regular and hard mode. Oh, Okay, I'm, I'm going to have to. Well, no, 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 wrong one, wrong one, sorry. <laughs> I have to give you that. <laughs> give you some props on that, good job. I did defeat um, Super Mario, was it 2? Or whichever, uh, gosh, I don't even remember which one it was. But all I by re- yourself? Yeah, all by myself, and oh. I remember running at the very end you had to run along this long corridor and picking up coins and it spelled out you are a super player <laughs> so if somebody remembers which one that is that's the one i defeated. I don't even anyway. know what game system that was it was either the nes or the 64 i think it was the nes but i remember every time you'd go save uh, the princess she would say thank you mario but our princess is in another castle and when you Correct. get to the very last one <laughs> spoiler alert for a game that came out 30 years ago uh, you'd go in and uh, finally it was, you know it's peach and she goes thank you mario but our princess is in another ha <laughs> and she you know she's like it's hilarious it's like i i about punched the tv screen when she started to say that shit anyway all right thank you for being a nerd um here's some more codes but i can't beat the one that you brought here's one uh and this was from al sent these in and he said uh, good day doctor on one of your recent shows you were talking about interesting icd 10 codes here are a few for you to indulge in on the insanity and one is W34.111D, which is accidental malfunction of paintball gun. (laughs) Why does it have to have like seven characters for that? Um, And then W21.19, struck by other bat, comma, racket or club. So I don't know. Anyway. And then uh, Y93.K9, activity. Involving animal care. Activity involving animal care. So, anyway, all right. Okie doke. Um, and then 
one last thing, and I didn't pick those out. Those were Al, so blame him. Uh, this is from Bill Schaefer, and I sent this on to DJ Mel B. Said, I'm finally listening to the show. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. This was the guy that you forgot to say happy birthday oh, to. Oh, boogers. And yeah. then we did the next week. He said, you guys made my day. And then some, Dr. Scott is forgiven. Oh, thank God. And then I asked, remember, we were talking about that baking subreddit. Have you ever been on the baking subreddit? You bake. That's the other thing that you I do. do. Mm-hmm. You're, you, as a matter of fact, if she's too busy when they bring like back America's <laughs> if they bring back the great American baking show which is with Paul Hollywood by the way I'll win um, I'm going to uh, submit Carissa because she is insanely great at baking and making things look pretty are you really yeah. yes oh that's cool so do you know who Sherry Yard is then no oh I, you, you looked at me like of course but then she said no so I got mixed weird <laughs> mixed signal so she's the other she was she's been named you know America's top baker and she's James Beard you know award oh, winner and stuff a but real she, deal the real but deal, she's yeah. the other uh, co-host and it would be fun to be on there and you get to go to England and they do it there and it's you're up against 10 other Americans so or, or nine or I don't know the, the exact number, um, but we need to do that. But anyway, we were talking about on this baking subreddit that people are posting pictures of cakes, beautiful cakes like you make with this, you know, insane mirror glaze and all these beautiful piping and all this stuff. And they say, I made this for myself for my birthday. And I just imagine these lonely people being all excited about making this cake and doing it all up and then just sitting down at the table and eating the whole thing crying the whole time <laughs> it just made me really sad and then bill said no i didn't make a cake for myself i'm a pie guy so anyway i'm a deputy sheriff january 1st 2022 i started my 40th year in law enforcement way to go man now that's cool there's much more but i'm already boring you that's true Again, thanks for all that you do. I'm here if you need anything. Keep warm this weekend. Then he said, please tell DJ Mel B. Thanks for the shout out at the end. That was sweet of you guys. So very good. So there's the thin blue line. Uh, uh, At least he heard his shout out finally. So, All right. You guys ready to take some phone calls? Oh, wait. You had a story, though, right? This is interesting. We've we've touched on this before. Go ahead. Um, DNP Carissa, what do you got? Do you want me just, to read this? Whole well, just give us the sort of Reader's Digest. If you just want to hit the conclusion, you know, talk about what it is and then hit the conclusion in the abstract, and then people can go look it up if they want to. Sure, absolutely. So this is about a man who took a trip to the ICU after injecting mushrooms. Uh-oh. Um, into his veins. So Terrible idea. <laughs> obviously, he decided to do some research on his own to get over opioid addiction okay and in his research came across how mushrooms would potentially help so he decided yeah, there's to, some good data on there are. this in psychiatric use of psilocybin yes and yeah. he took psilocybin and okay. made a tea with it mm. he boiled him no, no, down no 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 and no, no, he no. Took, don't do that and he took the liquid and then injected it directly into oh, his veins. Oh, no, don't do that. And a few days later, his family found him unresponsive, took him to the ER. He was hypotensive. 
So he had low blood pressure. Yes, low blood pressure. So was he septic from it, or what happened? He was. He was septic. Okay, septic means he had bacteria growing in his bloodstream, and then you get a thing called septic shock, which is where your blood blood pressure drops, and they have to put you on medication to keep your, you know, to keep your blood pumping. Go ahead. Um, So so it wasn't the psilocybin that did it. It was just injecting tea into his vein. Right. Mm. And Did he get off? He had to. <laughs> that I mean, did he say? Well, for fuck's sake. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the question is not did he get off it. Was he tripping? Um, was he tripping? I have no idea if he was tripping. It doesn't say. <laughs> he was not conscious to be able to let us know how he was feeling. Wow. Um, he was admitted to the ICU, the intensive care unit, for renal insufficiency, liver injury. Mm. Um multiple lab abnormalities and on day two he was diagnosed with fungi growing in his blood there you go Mm. so (laughs) the the that makes sense right the moral of the story was he attempted to use this psilocybin and melted it into a tea injected it and then the punny tag as he grew the mushrooms then in his blood. Oh. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. <laughs> Poor bastard. Did he live, though? Correct. He okay, did. so we can he laugh about it. He did live, him, yes. Yeah, so he, was he on he antibiotics long term. Basically injected fungus into his um, bloodstream. I wonder, though, was it psilocybin fungus that was growing? Does it say what, what brand of fungus mm-hmm. grew? What was it? It couldn't be psilocybin. The... It wouldn't grow in his bloodstream. Psilocybin? It was? Yes. Oh, my God. So An example, the species only... of oh mushrooms my... he had injected was now growing from oh his blood. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just, see, I just assumed he injected skin fungi. He, this... Oh, d- dude, dude, <laughs> dude, dude. He didn't even boil the water. Ugh. I guess he There's just no put it in water. Yeah, he just and... steeped it. Oh, Lord. Correct. Oh, okay, Terrible. everybody, don't, yeah, don't do this. Don't do oh, my God. Oh, my God. Correct. He must have been tripping balls, though. So I mean... they had to kill this. So he was growing magic mushrooms in his bloodstream. Correct. And it was killing him. And I'll bet you he was tripping balls the whole time. And one would think if your blood's growing magic mushrooms that you'd be tripping balls. Holy mo- Can you believe that? That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I've seen people get fungemia. Correct. From, you know, doing dumb things. Like we've, I've seen people that had, uh, like, uh, catheters going into a port and their dog bites the catheter, and instead of coming in to get the thing replaced, they just tape it up, and all the dog mouth organisms, including fungi, get into their bloodstream, and they end up, you know, almost dying from that. So that's bad. Oh my goodness. Yes. What? Well, that's a good one. So there's a little discussion. I can read it to you if you would like. Well, is there anything more insane in there than what you've already said? <laughs> I don't believe so. The most important thing in that it talks about, though, is that there are... Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but there are also very positive uses correctly with yes. the psilocybin. But 
If yes, listen. and there's no, they don't know if he would have ongoing persistent psychoactive effects from, from the growing stuff. magic mushrooms in his blood. Now, Jeez. just, you know, the, the single cells may not produce the the toxin or, you know, the psilocybin. The, the psilocybin. Uh, that's interesting because you, you may have to form that, you know, basically a mushroom's the sex organ of a, of a fungus and the majority of it, my understanding is lives underground. But um, so without being able to form that, can they form psilocybin? I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. I'd, I'd like to that think that they question. could. So at least he got something out of it. Yeah. Or at least he was so stoned. He wasn't in miserable pain. Right. You know, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So a couple of things here. Uh, People with opioid addiction can become very desperate for help. There is help out there. And if you don't know where to go and your primary care doesn't know where to go or you don't want to talk to your primary care, go to SAMHSA.gov. And it's S-A-M-S-H-A.gov. And you – no, that's it's not right then, is it? Shit. Um, that's SAMHSA, isn't it? S-A-M-H-S-A. There it is. Okay. Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services. So SAMHSA.gov. You put in your address or your zip code, and it'll give you all kinds of stuff. So find a facility near you. Let's find one near us. I'm going to click on it. This other thing that uh, Carl really likes. And here you go. You put in your zip code or your city. So I'm putting in... Uh, Somebody else's zip code? Six, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then here you go. And then there's like 20 of them just right near here. So, oh, And God. then just start picking up the phone and call them. You could stagger down the street here and get one. Yeah. We have so much of the, the prevalence is huge, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. The need is huge. But rather. the yeah. right, the yes. need is huge, but we, we have more facilities now than we did. Yeah, and thank, just about yes. everywhere yeah, yeah, has yeah. more than they did, yeah, which thanks, is Lee. good. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, check that out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, thank hey, you. That's a good one. That's good. Hey, course. you want you want the worst news of the day, Doctor <laughs> Steve? I just saw it. She's so humble. Yeah, she is. Worst news of the day. I just saw this. I was doing my show prep while y'all were talking. Yeah, of course. Um, that's the best time to do it. <laughs> hey, but I've got a great during story. the show. I've got a great story. The reason yeah. why I didn't do it is we 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 rescued a puppy today. Oh yeah. Oh my God, she's beautiful too. Anyway, what kind? She's a little uh, golden retriever. Oh. Her name is Sugary. Sugary. You already named her? Yeah. yeah. She's my baby. What a horrible name. Thank you very much. Okay. She goes with Stella Blue, of course. Oh, okay, is, okay, uh, okay. I there guess. may be a trend. There's some hippie something, meaning there. Yeah, okay. Like anyway, so New York Post, man's agonizing penis pain is found to be a rare side effect of COVID. Any guesses on what may have caused his penile pain? I know you know. I know you're going to come up with it. Okay, I, mean, I have an idea. Because I've got an idea. You got an idea? No. 
I'm going to guess that he had clotting in his yeah. corpus. That's, that's, oh, I got yeah, that right. Yeah. Okay. Give yourself a bill. That's what I thought too. I figured, to I figured he had blood clots, and, and that is actually yeah. Read it. Was, yeah. Read it. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so, so, New York um, Post that that wonderful medical journal. <laughs> it's the best I could do in a crunch. No, 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 no. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> but you know, even even if it's inaccurate, at least it, it it's real. You know, the blood clots are real. Yeah. yeah very yeah. real. Yeah. So it uh, looks like a a young man, forty one year old was having sex had never had any trauma or any pain associated with with erection um started having serious serious pain during the um encounter and um so he must have been post-covid or he was one corny son of a bitch because when i had covid the last thing i was thinking about was getting my rocks off but but you know it might have helped lower your fever no but uh, that'd be a good excuse. Exactly. Yes. So anyway, so he's <laughs> over, to help you, doctor. Steve. He's over COVID. <laughs> yep. Yep. And we know that some of the adverse effects can happen. And how old is he? Forty-one. Okay. So he's relatively young. Yep. Okay. And then, so he starts having pain. Yeah. So in 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 two days later, goes to the urologist, and they and that's when they did they, he have uh, priapism? Did that say? As we're running, I'm, I'm getting towards the end of this. Because uh, when you get a clot in your corpora cavernosa, those are the you know the big spongy, you know you've got the cells in spongy areas in the penis. There's corpora cavernosa, corpora spongiosum, and when you get clots in there, you can get um, priapism. You can get all kinds of stuff. And mm-hmm. so, if you have an erection that will not go away, that is a medical emergency. Four hours, you need to go to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Or your penis can be permanently damaged. So, so what does it say? So, it said it, it did resolve itself, um, and he had uh, ultrasound showed no blood flow to the vein. So, so, so what? Yeah. So while well, I guess they they wound up doing a, an ultrasound um, once he got to the urologist, that no blood flow passed that clot. And that's when they they, get, they put him on the blood thin blood thinners, and now happy to report no pain and everything is fine down there in working order as he says thank goodness goodness. can you imagine well that if that's not enough to get your attention and on this being a real disease (laughs) well it's like (laughs) i I was telling somebody the other day and they they laughed about it um, because he, he he was outside smoking and we were talking about quitting and i said you know i used to smoke three packs a day but i haven't smoked any since like 1999 2000 somewhere in there and they said how'd you quit and i said well it wasn't sure wasn't the heart disease that didn't scare me and cancer didn't scare me but when i found out that the number one cause of it reversible impotence in men over 40 is tobacco abuse i laid them down right away and that it made it easy mm-hmm. so it is funny it's uh, how um, you know the other stuff just doesn't scare you, but that scares the well, shit we're, out we're, of we're, you. We're boys, you know. The reason I quit dipping Copenhagen is because I was having facial pain. And I thought, God, what happens if I get cancer in my jaw and, I'll, and I can't have a pretty girlfriend? I yeah, mean, you know, it's not the cancer killing me, or right, right, right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not right, being because they yeah. take off half your face. Girl. Yeah, that's insane. I ever tell you the story about my uh, ENT professor and the, showing us the pictures of them taking half of people's faces off for head and neck cancer oh yeah i did tell you this i've told this on this show well it's no maybe not maybe not so this guy his name was newton fisher he was very eccentric eccentric and he was at the university of north carolina chapel hill and there was this guy in our class i'm just gonna call him sd i'm not gonna say his name because he's in practice 
And SD was one of these guys. I He and I studied together, so we were kind of friendly friends, I guess. But uh, other people in my class could not stand him because he was um, he was kind of a, um, what's the word? He, he was difficult to be around. And he was a little bit of a brown noser. He liked being the center of attention. He was very smart. And I just remember one time there was this guy, we'll just call him Tony, who um, uh, SD and I were down in the lab talking and Tony comes down and we were fourth year medical students at this point, just fourth year medical students. And Tony comes down with these two vials of blood and because you know we had to draw them back then. And uh, SD looks at him and goes, hey, Tony, why don't you let some third year do that? And the way he said third year was just like, you know, some pond scum. Now, this, we were two months into our fourth year, so he was a third year two months ago, and he's already shitting on people under him. What he didn't realize is that Tony wasn't in our class anymore. He got held back, so he was a third year, so it made it even worse. So he's just, you know, kind of an asshole. Well, anyway, okay, so that, that sort of just sets the scene. So we're in this lecture about head and neck cancer, and Newton Fisher keeps showing us one picture after another of people with half of their face that has been dissected away for head and neck cancer. And so there's no cheeks, there's no lips on that side. You just see teeth and you see turbinates, you know, the other side of the nasal septum. And they look like, you know, they look scary. And we were like, holy shit. And Newton Fisher would yell at us. Let me see if I can do this right, if I can do it right. Um, and he would yell at us and point at us from afar and go, if you miss this diagnosis, I will despise you. And we were like sh shaking in our boots. Well, there's four, we were in this large lecture hall and there's four empty rows with all of us. And I was in the back with my best friend, Ty and uh, Jim. And uh, here's SD in the very front row, looking up at uh, Newton Fisher, right? So there's no, it's by himself, very front row. And then uh, Newton, Newton Fisher would yell, if you, show us another picture. If you miss this diagnosis, I will despise you. And again, shaking in our boots. And then all of a sudden, he just stops in the middle of his lecture and he looks down at SD and he says, your beatific smile is insipid, sir. And we all just about shit our planets. <laughs> Is the greatest cut I've ever heard anybody. Your beatific smile is insipid, sir. It was so great. We loved Newton. That is hilarious. And uh, wouldn't have had, known what it meant, but I was, still would have been hilarious. Yeah, you would have known. Well, you know what beatific is, right? You know, it's like you're a saint, like a, you know, like um, nobody's ever I, called I mean, me beatific anything, right? Me either. <laughs> An insipid. Well, you know what insipid sure, means. Sure. It's just completely tasteless. Sure, it's a sure. diabetes insipidus right. means you're pissing out water that has no flavor. Right. Well, it's, it has mm -hmm. no go, sugar in it. Goes way back to when people used to taste urine. Yep. 
That's why they invented dipsticks, by the way. Some doctor invented dipsticks so they didn't have to taste people's piss anymore. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you have to explain this, not nearly as funny, but, um, you know, it was just such a great great day. And we still, so I went on this guy's health grades. There's this health grades, and I put that on there. And so when I tell this to my medical students, um, just to relate with them because it's a medical school story and they can relate to what they call gunners, you know, people who are, you know, work a little bit too hard at the expense of their of their brethren. And then I said, let's go to his health grades. And I blow it up and it says, your beatific smile is insipid, <laughs> sir. It's just a good coda to the story. But anyway, yeah, Newton Fisher had about nine kids. He was very, very eccentric. At least I, th- yeah. I, and um, anyway, it was, and it was a great program they invented the in the surgery that pa pa john had did you know that dr scott mm-hmm. well he had a he uh pa john had a stapes um transport oh, yeah, yeah um where the remobilization right. because right, right, right. he had um god now i can't think of the name of it otosclerosis yeah because they frozen together where the three bones in yeah. in your middle yep. ear the tiny yep. little bones i mean they're this tiny millimeters uh, they're, and they're supposed to they're supposed to move together to mm. transmit air or vibration from the eardrum to the inner ear, and his were just frozen, frozen over, and yeah. they went in and remobilized them. So yeah, I forgot cool. about that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Uh Let's we we're going to take some medical questions. What do we have? Eight minutes left. But anyway, here we go. Hey, Doctor Steve, it's Albert from Albuquerque. How hey, you doing? Hey, Al, how are you? Great. Hey, Good. listen, um, just calling back on kind of an ongoing saga. I called in before about some astronomical levels of testosterone that turned out to be, you know, not uh, free testosterone, but total uh, affected by a sex hormone. Okay. And changing PSA levels, uh, some senioreologists and doing some other diagnostics. Uh, one of the things they just had me do uh, to my pleasure or displeasures last week I did have a prostate biopsy okay um, and to those who people who don't know what that entails it's uh, pretty interesting they put you in some stirrups and you show uh, the world what you got what you don't got and mostly go what you don't got in my with, case uh, lidocaine to Shrinkage. numb you up supposedly when they hit that <laughs> pelvic floor man that was interesting yeah uh then they go in with the needles and they shoot the shit out he's 100 percent right they do that to make them feel better not to make us feel better scott and i can oh, relate to fuck. this the prostate taking chunks of prostate out i guess to <laughs> stir into soup or something i don't know anyway yeah, well, dude, pretty dude, much you know. In any event, uh, (laughs) that all was good and fine and uh, uncomfortable, but, you know, totally worth every minute of it if it's uh, preventative of anything. Yeah, of course. Uh, But my question is, and I think you might answer this with somebody else, but it took me back, is is they said there's blood in the urine for a couple of uh, weeks. Yes. Six to eight weeks, potentially. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting a little blood in my urine. I've had kidney damage before where I've gotten shots in the kidney and I've peed blood for a couple of days and... You know, that was taint. It's a little bit of a taint. This, I'm shooting blood clots out of the dick. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a plop, plop, plop. They're hitting hitting the water, like three in one shot one time. Nice. Uh, and then I had the brilliant idea, maybe I need to clean out some other tubes. So I did your favorite thing. Go ahead, play it. Yeah, I did that, you know. Fully ejaculated. It was comfortable and enjoyable and... 
holy shit, horrific, when nothing but blood seemed to come out of the yeah. end of my dick. Yeah. So anyways, uh, took me back a little bit, um, but, you know, they... Okay, uh, he, I know what he's going to ask. How can it be that he's still bleeding this long? And the thing is, he's not. What's happening is, is uh, the when they did the biopsy, there is bleeding, but it kind of just works its way through the prostate, right? And um, uh, all of those little t- tubes and all that stuff. And when you urinate, uh, some of those things will cut loose, and and you'll you'll express some of them. Uh, it only takes a few drops of blood to make a blood clot. It only makes a few drops of blood to make semen completely blood red. So what you're really doing is just emptying out that sponge, which, you know, prostate's kind of spongy, that sponge of all the blood that collected when they did the procedure. That's mm-hmm. basically it. And there may have been some bleeding afterward, obviously. And if it if it congested your uh, prostate out a little bit, then you've just got that much more that you got to clear. But that's mm-hmm. what's going on. All right? Yeah. Questions, comments? All right, because I want to get this question in. Oh, uh, and then the, we've got, uh, no, let's do this one. Uh, there's two about COVID hey, I do want to cover. Uh, this Come. is the guy who uh, posted a video from Dr. John Campbell um, where he was quoting some uh, COVID death uh, without any pre-existing condition. Uh, yeah. This is for England and Wales. Yeah. Um, those numbers were derived from actual uh, death certificates. Right. Um, so what he's referring to is there was a study that showed that there was, a I think, 15% of people who died didn't have any pre-existing conditions. And this was in New Zealand or Australia, somewhere like that. I, I don't remember the exact study. But I asked him, where did they get the data from? And indeed, it was from death certificates. So let me tell you something. Doctors don't know how to fill out death certificates. So when you see this thing from the CDC where they say, well, 6% of people had COVID as their primary diagnosis, and and people go, oh, see, so 94% of people died with COVID but not from COVID. It's like, no, it's they don't know how to fill the death certificate out. So those 6% that said patient died of COVID-19, those are the ones that are filled out incorrectly. Because what do you, um, you know, Carissa, you, you see lots of people with COVID. Uh, what do they die from when they have COVID-19? Number one thing. failure. Re- thank you, okay. Very Give good. yourself a bill. So that's one of them. So, so the proper way to fill out the death certificate would be respiratory failure due to um, or as a you know proximate or as you know proximately caused by or however they word it depending on the state you're in uh, by um, viral pneumonia caused by COVID-19. That's a properly filled out death certificate. If you just put COVID-19 at the top and turn it in, they'll accept it and it'll go into the record as someone who had COVID-19 with no comorbidities, nothing, they just COVID-19, but that is not scientific. And it, what it really reflects is just piss poor uh, um, uh, death certificate filling out of skills. <laughs> <laughs> A terrible sentence, but you know what I mean. All right? Okay, and then I'm going to get this one, too, because this one drove me crazy in the news um, this this week. Hey, Dr. Steve and whoever else is in there with you. Thanks. Um, so I sent Amen. you uh, an email 
yes. with a screenshot uh, of a tweet about the FDA banning use of certain monoclonal antibodies. Yes. And uh, what it turns out that some of them ah, are you're stealing my thunder, against, dude. Uh, what the what the what the um, what the ones that were sent to me was, hey, did you see this? And it was Florida says they can't give antibodies because the FDA is taking them away from them or something like that. I mean, that was what they were implying was that somehow someone was conspiring to keep monoclonal antibodies out of the hands of people that needed it. And if you saw it spun that way, it was incorrect. This is the what really happened was with Omicron now being 95 to 99 percent of cases, uh, Regencove, which was the one I got for Delta, I had Delta. Uh, Regencove and the other one, I can't remember the other the other one's name. They don't work anymore. Now, can you imagine though being Regeneron and it's like you've got this wildly successful treatment to keep people out of the hospital? It was wildly successful for me. Mm-hmm. I had it, and the next day I was completely normal. Didn't miss a day of work. I had to work telehealth because I was in isolation, but I didn't miss a day of work. And then one day, this new variant comes, and your stuff is just shit. It's worthless. That would be maddening to me mm-hmm. as a researcher. But anyway, so that's what happened was that though Regencove and the other one, again, can't remember the name of it right now, uh, were authorized under one of those emergency use authorizations. Well, once they didn't work anymore, the FDA just revoked it. That's all it was. We still have Citrovimab. Citrovimab is a monoclonal antibody, just like Regenco, except it is effective against um, against Omicron. The problem is they weren't expecting this. It's like they were sort of third competing against you know Regeneron and uh, the other company, uh, Eli Lilly. And uh, all of a sudden, they're thrust into the forefront, and they weren't ready. They were caught with their proverbial pants down. So now they're going to have to ramp up. And I know they're leery about ramping up because they're like, well, what happens if there's another uh, another variant that now we are worthless? So they don't want to spend a lot of money on it, but they kind of need to because there's a huge demand for it. So it's a little bit of an interesting situation. So that's what happened. And the emergency use was just withdrawn, not for any nefarious purpose, but just simply because the stuff doesn't work anymore. All right. There you go. Now I'll let him finish his question, see if he had anything in there. Uh, Omicron, I guess. Is that what we're seeing here? So it seems logical that they manned it, I guess. Yeah. Because it doesn't work for this very Yeah, see, I, just, I wanted to be the genius, and he, was, <laughs> he answered his own question. <laughs> All right. Um, we have one quickie, I think, that we can do, and it is on – I can't remember. Oh, yeah, it's this one. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Well, are you going to say something that's on that party line? Well, hello, Dr. Oh, Steve. Well, hello. Hello, my How friend. How is your New Year's? Good, good, good. How I about hope you? hope it is well. Thank you. Anyways, hey, I have another stupid COVID question. No such thing. So I have a cousin that works in as an RN in Spokane, Washington, emergency room at a hospital. And I also have an aunt who uh, works as a, I think she's an aide or something, but she works in the emergency room. Okay. Well. They are both seeing more vaccines. 
vaccinated cases and unvaccinated. Yeah. And um, I'm wondering if you, I think you've mentioned before that you are in and out of the hospital as well. Sure. Um, these days. So can you, um, are you seeing the same thing at your hospital and why? And also, by the way, they were seeing this before Omicron, mm-hmm. but uh, that's beside the point. But um, are you seeing this as well? And also, um, is why is this considered um, misinformation, if you know the answer to that? Well, I don't think it is considered misinformation. We're seeing lots and lots of cases, breakthrough cases uh, of, you know, the vaccine doesn't seem to be preventing people from getting COVID like we hoped it would in the beginning, and certainly as it was sold to us. But what we are seeing is, um, well, let's just ask um, DNP Carissa, uh, how many of your patients who are on the ventilator right now have been un- have been vaccinated? A percentage. I mean, less. Do you know of any? No, I was okay, going to say okay. less you than one. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know of any personally. I have not seen one on the ventilator that's been vaccinated in quite some time. And when I say quite some time, I'm talking months and months. Correct. Now, I think we had one, and that person was 85 and had cancer or something, and they had been vaccinated, and they just didn't do well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they had multiple, multiple comorbidities. So I don't think that's misinformation. If I get thrown off of... Uh, the error or off YouTube for saying that we're having lots of breakthrough cases, you know, so be it. That's the truth. We are. And some of them are showing up at the hospital. We've even had some being admitted. We've got some right now that are being admitted. It's like, why are they admitting them? I walk in and they're fine. It's just that they feel like they're at risk because they're elderly or whatever. And then they're getting discharged in a day or two. So we're admitting a lot more people. In the beginning of this thing, we were so afraid of the hospitals filling up with nothing but COVID patients, they were sending people home who actually had low blood oxygen, you know, just giving them a prescription for oxygen saying, hey, call us if you get worse. So um, I, that part, it seems to have changed. They seem to be admitting those people now. Have you, is that your experience as well? Yeah, I've seen a lot of COVID patients that are rather healthy. I yeah. mean, yeah, just, right. We're just kind of watching and just sitting watching there. them. Yeah. And I did remember one and it's also been months ago and the patient was vaccinated, but had only had the first dose Yeah, okay. and also had metastatic cancer multiple, and yeah, multiple yeah. comorbidities. Yeah. So, yeah, that seems to be the, the truth of it is multiple comorbidities are, uh, you know, that that increases your risk. Although even if you're 85, I mean, in the beginning with OG COVID, the death rate, if they were admitted, was something like 20%. But that means 80% did just fine. Mm. You know, it's still a 20% is a big number. Massive number, yeah. 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 But anyway, what we're seeing now is the reason we're having this surge. If you go to covid.stoutlabs.com, I wish was this was a, a, you know, more of a video show. Maybe if we put something like this up on the uh, on our YouTube channel, I'll add some of these graphics. But... If you look at the number of cases that we're having right now, we should we need to stop reporting cases because yeah, there are record numbers of cases, but we need to be looking at deaths. So if we go to covid.stoutlabs, S T O U T L A B S 
com, and then just uh, select United States because that's what we're interested in, right? I mean, and uh, look at new cases and add. The, the cool thing is, is that you can add a um, smooth, a simple moving average. You can add Bollinger Bands. And if you look at it right now, you can see that we have, it looks like we peaked on uh, January 20th, which was six days ago. And as long as this thing follows the same sort of curve that the others did, which was uh, a very symmetrical sort of Gaussian curve, and I'm looking at 750 days of this, and you can see the first peak was around July 23rd of 2020, and then the next peak was uh, December 23rd of 2020. Then we had another peak on September 7th, which is the day I got it, by the way, of 2021. And now we've got this massive peak. This is the biggest peak we've had in cases. And it's already, uh, so it, it looks like it peaked on the 20th. And so we're recording this on the 26th. So if this holds and it does a Gaussian curve, we should see, uh, tell me this, how many days from now is December 5th? Because that's when it should return back to baseline if this thing follows a Gaussian curve. So December 5th to January 5th, to, so in what, seven weeks? That would be the prediction based on this website, that in seven weeks, if this follows the same morphology that the other curves did, that we'll see, um, uh, see us back to normal again. Now, now let's look at new deaths. So that's, uh, and I may go ahead and put this on. New deaths has creeped up some. It was absolutely flat, and it is starting to creep up slightly. But it is not even close to the point that it was in uh, January of 2021, which was right after the peak of cases at Christmas, and uh, not, and it's right around, uh, but lower than the peak from 92721, which was the peak in deaths because of Delta. So very interesting. So this is if you look comparative speaking, the number of cases to the number of deaths, the ratio is much greater with this one, which is good. That means mm -hmm. it's good. That means right. it's way fewer people on a proportionate scale are dying from it. It's just that the numbers are going up because uh, of the huge numbers of cases that we have. But uh, deaths and hospitalizations should be what we're looking at, not cases. Anyway, all right. Um, we have, let's see here. Did I do? Yeah, um, I had one where the person asked and about whether there was um, any benefit to getting a Moderna booster if they had AstraZeneca, and I meant to get uh, somehow I I erased over that question, and uh, the there was one study out of Oxford that said indeed that actually provided pretty good immunity and that they were they were recommending it if you couldn't get the third dose of uh, AstraZeneca or whatever they're recommending now. So uh, if if that's all you've got, that's totally fine to do, but talk to your health care provider. Don't take my advice on that. I'm just going by the Oxford study. All right. Um, we have our buddy Cardiff Electric uh, created a new theme song for himself, and since we're from the Cardiff Electric studios, well, you know, he's our boss. We need to play this for him, so... 
electric. The most famous podcast in the world today. Cardiff Electric. He's so cool. Come out and play. He's the guy all the other guys are jealous of. Cause he's the guy that all the girls want to be with. Cardiff Electric, the most famous podcast in the world today. He's got great guests on his show, like Dr. Steve yeah. and some other people. <laughs> we love you, Cardiff. We love you, Cardiff. <laughs> love it. Uh-oh. Love it. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. We did titanium allergy last time. Uh, we had one from uh, Peppermint Patty, and she it's a two-parter, so I thought we'd play the first part and then the second part, and then we'll probably get out of here at some point. Okay. Hi, Dr. Steve. You doing okay on time? Patty. I'm calling you with something. I hope you can give me some direction on as none of the doctors over When do you need to leave? Um, it's 5.25. you okay? Yeah, about 5.30. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah this is The years have been able to figure this out. Um, a little background. It started in my mid to late 20s where the left side under my eye would swell. I would get horrendous headaches. The fatigue would be so overwhelming. The smallest tasks would be nearly impossible. Um over the years, you know, I'd get it maybe once or twice, maybe three times a year. Uh-huh. Over the last 10 years, I've had it, you know, maybe three or four times a year. The last five years, I've had kind of a little bit of constant swelling on the left side under my butt. It has progressed to where there's swelling under both my eyes, going down into my okay. I know what she has. Do you know what it is? Happens a couple, of, couple or three times a year. It's accompanied by swelling under her eyes, and it, she gets a horrendous, horrendous headache. Both eyes, or just one? Well, it's a, now it's both, but at first it was just one. Well, yeah, when she first thought, I, I, I was thinking shingles initially. No, yeah. nope. No. I'm gonna give you both eyes. Hashimoto's? I don't think so. I think it's cluster headaches. And the reason why I say oh, wow. that okay. is it just okay. happens a few times a year, okay. and that's usually associated with histamine re- release. So you'll get facial sweating, mm-hmm. or you can get nasal congestion. You can get uh, dro- drooping of the eyelids, but you can get eye watering, too. And when you get the watering of the eyes, and and it also says eyelid swelling or edema either above hmm. or below the eyes. So I think that's what it is. Did she say how she treated it? Because, I mean, if it's just the yeah. O2. Yeah, Over yeah. my eye, my eyelids. Hmm. Yeah, it's got to be what it is. Yeah, it's cluster headaches. cluster headaches. Patty, if they didn't diagnose you with that, give us a call. Now, mm-hmm. she's got another, she had another part two to this. I'm just going to play it. Hey, Dr. Steve, it's Peppermint Patty again. I just wanted to call and add a couple things that hopefully will be helpful for to you in helping me figure out what to do and where to go with all this mutant eye disease. Normally, when I would get these mutant eye disease attacks, they would treat them with um, a Z-Pack, prednisone, and antibiotics. Mm, the prednisone might During help. the years mm-hmm. these were happening, I also um, had advanced Graves' disease, radiation, mm-hmm. and thyroid mm-hmm. storm. 
there was one incident where I woke up one morning and I had swelling and the whites of my eyes were almost neon red. Neon red would be a subconjunctival hemorrhage where you bleed under the conjunctiva, but uh, that's interesting. I'm still going to go with cluster headache for the original thing, but, uh, you know, her thyroid, she needs to see an ophthalmologist Mm -hmm. to measure... Uh, her uh, the protrusion of her eye from the socket and we right. have a, a friend who's been in the studio with us and I'm not going to say his name but he played with Super Android 23 <laughs> who has Graves disease right. and, and that can make your eyeballs bloop out that there was this one guy on uh, the only reason I know this because my wife watches it I don't from 90 day fiance yeah. and he it was, I think it was on the other way, and he got diagnosed from people seeing him on that show and saying, why do his eyeballs look like yeah, that? Yeah. And somebody said, dude, you've got Graves' disease, and indeed he did. Wow. So that, she needs to get that checked, too. Mm-hmm. But I'd see a neurologist for cluster headaches yeah. and then get your eyeballs checked to make sure that you don't have what we call exophthalmos. Exophthalmos. And, 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 those, and those cluster headaches are pretty treatable. Yeah, 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 yeah they are. Pretty easily. They're a pain in the ass. Hello, yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Oh. Well, this is our boss. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you, my friend? I don't know we're playing this again. I'm great. No. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> oh, I we'll have a things. medical question for you. Okay. Yep. Happy to answer any questions. I am looking have. for a set of forceps to use for recreational purposes. Excellent. Can you recommend a good brand or model for me? I get... I, I think going to uh, Amazon is the place for you're looking I for. I will mute my radio. Thank you. And listen to the answer. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Uh, mosquito forceps is what you're looking for. If <laughs> if what you're looking for is something to hold, let's say a rolled up piece of paper that you might hold up to your mouth, something like that, you're looking for mosquito forceps. You can buy those at Amazon. All right. No particular brand. Or your local head shop. Yeah, or your local mm. head shop. Exactly right. All right. Thank you, everyone. Uh, do we have any questions for you? don't have time to answer any questions from the from the waiting room, do you? No, but I asked him before we started the podcast. Nothing, nothing new. Okay. Nothing new. Yet. We can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia. Thank you for coming. Uh, Caressa, did you have fun? Of course. Yeah. Do, try not to talk so much next time, though, okay? Right. No, but uh, you. I'm telling you. You brought the only, you and Lydia are in competition for the greatest story ever brought into the studio. And it's just been in the last year. Lydia had a guy who had a tapeworm and the tapeworm had cancer and he got metastatic cancer from the tapeworm. So he had like, he had cancer cells in his face or something. And when they, when they typed them, they weren't human. They were tapeworm cells, tapeworm cancer cells. So that and the growing magic mushrooms in your bloodstream, I think are the two best medical stories from the literature that we've ever had in here. So thank you. Of course. Thank okay. you. You can come back anytime. And in uh, three weeks, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, so we can't uh, forget Jim Norton, Travis Tepp, that Gould girl, Lewis Johnson, Paul Ofcharsky, Chowdy1008, Eric Nagel, the Port Charlotte whore uh, DJ uh, uh, Jazzy C, uh, the Saratoga skank, the Florida floozy, Roland Campos, sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, she who owns pigs and snakes, 
Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, Christopher Watkins, Double, a.k.a. Steve Tucci, one of the greatest guitar players and PM&R physicians that ever lived. Great Rob Bartlett, Vicks Nether Fluids, Cardiff Electric, Casey's Wet T-Shirt, Carl's Deviated Septum, The Inimitable, Vincent Paulino, everybody. Uh, uh, producer Chris, Eric, Zay, uh, Eric Zane, I almost doxed him. Um, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's daughter. Andy the trucker, Ron Bennington, and of course our dear departed friends, Fez Watley and GVAC, who supported this show. It never went unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Facts and Talk channel. SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts, other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Get out of here, Scott. Yeah, Paul, just, we're, I'm heading to, to Boca Raton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah.